Charlie, stay where you are. Charlie, would you listen to me? Stay up there. Santa. You killed him. Did not. And he's not Santa. Well, he was. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Are we, is this week one or week two of Christmas week? This is week two of Christmas week, which we're recording in opposite order. That's why Greg asked the question. We are in week two of Christmas week. Insert Christmas noises. <laughs> And we are doing the piece of shit, the Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, you showed all your cards there. Did I say? I meant turd. <laughs> 1994's. I didn't mind it for the record. Yeah. Yeah. 1994's yep. family classic, the Santa Claus, mm. which I've learnt is a different spelling of clause. It's a pun. It's a clause. It's a pun. Kids love law puns. Don't they? Kids love a good contractual pun. Huh? Chuck an E on there and you yeah. get yourself a gag. That's They're always reading contracts mm-hmm. for interesting wordplay. Uh-huh. Disney cottoned on and the rest is history. That was a good, how did they make this bit? <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's got Tim Allen who. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Can't really, I can't do that. Uh-huh. Nah, I can't do that it. right? Nah, I don't have the depth. Sounded fine. Yeah. Uh, it's got him in it. Uh, and Judge Reinhold. It sure does. And then some others. He's been very Judge Reinhold, isn't he? Far out. <laughs> <laughs> then it's got some others who I don't know the name of. And it's I it's kind of funny that at one point, probably for about six months, that Judge Reinhold was a real it, it guy. Judge freaking Reinhold. <laughs> <laughs> do you watch... Um, Big Mouth? What is that? It's a cartoon on Netflix. There's a guy with a big mouth? No, actually, oh. funnily enough. You sounded no. like one of the hormone monsters. I'll show you later. No, I haven't seen <laughs> it. How do you find time to watch anything that isn't? I don't have two children. Touche. <laughs> yeah. I probably watch a lot more Five and Sam and. Yeah, I've watched less of that. Ben 10. I haven't caught up on all those. Yeah, I'd just leave it. Yep. <laughs> leave it. Leave it. Leave it. Leave it. So. Santa Claus. 94. 94. Take us back. Yeah, I'm just going to give you a couple of rapid fire tidbits from 94. Mm. The George Foreman grill was released. That's important. Do you, you, you were pretty pro grill, weren't you? Did, yeah, didn't didn't the George Foreman grill <laughs> represent your kitchen for yeah, a number of. It came up at our wedding in, in both best man yes, speeches. Yes, it did. <laughs> You can put anything in a George Foreman grill. <laughs> that sustained me for a long time. I think I went through about three of them <laughs> with various roommates. The George Foreman grill was the was the nucleus of the kitchen. I love it. You could put some you could put some frozen fish fillets in there. You could put some some chavapis in there. It, it saw me through the actually what I put in the George Foreman grill kind of speaks to the era of my life. In the early days, it was spam, spam, <laughs> pretty much chavapis. Cheap. I love chavapis. I love chavapis. Oh, man. With some instant Vicks, mashed potatoes. Vicks, you know Vic's Meats down at the markets there? Yeah. 
Have you had the chivapis? No. Oh. That's a premium chivapi, yeah. It's a premium chivapi. It's, talking... it's a wagyu chivapi. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm but talking they're still 12 bucks shelf. for a whole tray. Oh, okay. Also. I don't mind a chivap. Get I, some of those. Yeah, I used to live on chivap, Roxanne canned tomatoes and instant mashed potato. Canned tomatoes? Yeah. What for moisture. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Canned tomatoes. You know, like you'd put in a pasta sauce. Yeah, yeah. What did you do with them? I just poured it over the top. <laughs> I was broke. <laughs> I don't have money. Why do you just use sauce? No, because what well, sauce? Or like passata or something. I like tomato sauce. Uh, well, canned tomatoes was pretty cheap. They're like 20 cents a can, I think. Was it for sustenance? It was for volume. Yeah. It's like what's the most volume I can get? And oh, with, 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 with instant mashed potato, the more water you add, the more yeah, volume right. you get. I see. And if you don't add enough water, you find yourself getting dehydrated throughout the day because <laughs> it's <laughs> absorbing. <laughs> and fluffing up in your belly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That might keep you full of it. Yeah, I've got some real cotton mouth today. Oh, that's right. I <laughs> didn't put enough water in my Deb this morning. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I love it. Mm. Anyway, what were you saying? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm just rattling off some 94 things. Mm. Um, uh, Matt Groening had oh. to make a live action spin off of The Simpsons. Really? And Krusty was going to be in it. Krusty moving to LA. Whoa. And negs for the show, negotiations for the show fell through because there was a massive cost attached to one of the scenes where they had um, trained beavers. Trained beavers don't come cheap, apparently. What was the casting like for live action? Uh, Dan Castaneda was crusty. Yeah. And then I don't know beyond that. Billy Just Joel? Billy Joel is Homer? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> kind of works, right? My Maybe. mum pointed that out to me one day. She was like, you know, Billy Joel, the older he gets, the more he looks like a Homer, Homer. Simpson. He definitely looks like a Simpson. He kind of looks like a white Dr. Hibbert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 So that would have been interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, apparently the term mullet was coined. Really? For the Outside hair, of the fish. To the hairstyle yeah. by the Beastie Boys, no less. Interesting. Interesting. I haven't got any more on that. Maybe we can find out more on that. Hmm. Um, but on film, uh, now we've talked about this before, but in October in 94, arguably the greatest month of cinema in that Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, Shawshank Redemption, Lion King and Jurassic Park were all – at the movies at the same time. Was Shawshank at the same time too? Wow. According wow. to this website. I said wow unironically there. That Thank was... you to the good people at popculture.us for providing these facts. <laughs> <laughs> and the Santa Claus. Maybe he came in later for Christmas. Maybe he came in a month or two later. Uh, very good point. It came in November 1994. Ah, it was the next month. The very next month. What a coincidence. Uh, yeah. So the cinema greatness continued. Yeah, for a time. This uh, this little guy was had a humble budget of $22 million. Oh, yeah, that CGI would have cost a bit. Well, they said, um, <laughs> so watching this, I was mentioning off mic before, this shitty documentary, two hours of the, those real bad documentaries, those TV documentaries of the script had something in it, but Tim Allen wasn't quite convinced, like those bullshit ones, and it's there's three points in the whole thing, but it was, but this is what we do to bring you to bring you the juicy points. We endure such documentaries. We sift through the mud. But one of them to was find you the what's, <laughs> of, what's in mud. 
but, uh, sometimes some gold specks. We sift through the mud to find you the gold specks. We find you, so here's a gold speck for you. They will say the special effect of... nugget. <laughs> yeah, maybe nuggets are coming. The special effect of Tim Allen going down the chimney. Like, yeah, I think we paid some guy two hundred bucks for that. Like, honestly, because their budget was so tight. Their budget went mostly to Tim Allen. Tim, oh, maybe not even. Like, I think there was a few big special effects, like maybe one of the reindeers, the hair, the hair transformation. Comet, Comet was the only reindeer that had. We'll get into all this. The North Pole was expensive. Everything else was cheap as chops. Charge Ron whole sweaters. The sweater budget was through the roof. But, yeah, budget of $22 million, a gross of $189.8 million. Uh, can you press that yellow button there? Wow. Significant, is it not? This placed it mm-hmm. um, not so much in the top 10 but in the top 20 in 1994. So for those keen listeners, um, you may remember the top 10 from 1994, but for those who don't, number one, Lion King, number two, Forrest Gump, number three, True Lies, number four, The Mask, number five, Speed, number six, The Flintstones, number seven, Dumb and Dumber, number eight, Four Weddings and a Funeral, number nine, Interview with a Vampire, uh-huh. number 10, Clear and Present Danger, but number 14. The Santa Claus. That's a that's a big year, man. Huge. Because for a while there, when we started this thing, I was like, "Oh, every year, every year's pretty good." But that's not true. <laughs> there, there's some shit years. There's some, some legitimately shit years. shit years. I can't remember them off the top of my head. And but a this year, was, this is twelve a dense months. One, one uh, just one little thing around the one sun. Little, one little yeah. I'm a flat earther, though. Yeah, and obviously. I don't believe Australia exists. That's right. Yeah. How could it? How could it? How could it? It's science. Uh, well, how? Uh, hmm. Ninety-two. Did we say ninety-four? Ninety-four. Did we say? <laughs> <laughs> There's a little alcohol in my beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch this back in ninety-four? I would have. Yeah. I, yeah. I definitely did. I thought I was older when this came out. And I was only ten. Yeah. And it looked older when I watched it. I was like, oh. Ninety-four. I don't know. Yeah. Twelve. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would have. I don't have any particular memories Yeah, of said time. I think I saw it and I enjoyed it. I remember um, Bernard pissed me off a bit. Yeah, he still did. The angry elf, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. I think it's because he's Jewish. Like, why are they making a poor Jewish kid be a Christmas elf? Anyway, sorry, we'll <laughs> come back to that. Um, he's quite disgruntled. But I, I, and you know what this movie reminded me of? I'm sure we'll get into the spirit of Christmas and Santa and all this stuff a bit later. But one thing that just puts me in the this period of my life was um, I remember having a real DNM with Santa. Uh, no, with my mate down the Jono down oh, the Jono. street. Jono, the uh, movie man. Yeah, we were, we were very seriously talking about this. I don't uh-huh. know if it was '92, but it might. Have, well, I was probably no, I was ten then, so it was '92. Maybe a couple years earlier. Uh, oh no, fuck '94. Why do I keep doing that, Craig? I don't know, Tristan. No, we um, we were sitting at school or something, and it was like recess or something. Like, but how do you know? Like, if we have kids one day, how do I know is what? Santa going to give them presents, or do I have to like wait and see what Santa's going to get, or like if Santa's not real, oh. like how? When do you? Because oh, if he's not, do you reckon he's real? Like, it was like very serious conversation. Oh, like, yeah. It's pretty cute, isn't it? Yeah. It was pretty cute. Uh, but it was very – it was deadly serious. Yeah. And so I was like 
I was like, you know, I think the first year I'll just buy presents as well just in case Santa's not real. That's pretty good. Yeah. And then you just, what do you do with them? Just keep Well, them. I haven't had kids yet, so I haven't found out if he's real or not. But, um, Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Should we get into the origin story of this picture? Oh, yeah. Origin story. So this is what started as a very flimsy origin story turned into it. A rich tapestry? Great word, because it is a tapestry. There's kind of these three interweaving things. Excellent. Like a tapestry, as it were. Yeah. Because I had assumed. Or a plait in a hair. Yeah, like a plait. It's a a real plait of a story. A braid. A braid. So interestingly, I had the opposite of what you pointed out at the beginning, Greg, where you just noticed the pun. I thought this is one of those movies where they came up with a title first and were like, oh, let's just retrofit a movie into that. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. <laughs> and then like, okay, what would the movie be? And just blah, blah. But it was actually the opposite. Like the name was one of the last things. It was it was originally called um, it's Such a Clatter or whatever the fuck they say in that movie. Killing Santa? <laughs> yeah. Mur- murder. Murder on the rooftop? Murder on the rooftop. Well, he did initially. Murder on the chimney. He initially died with a gunshot wound, but we'll get into that. What? Mm, facts. All right, so there's three kind of converging paths or a tapestry, if you will, yeah. um, for this story here. The first, the first two comedians, Leo Benvenuti. Good. I believe you've got to say his name like that. It's got one of those names. And Steve Rudnick. Uh, a couple of comedians, a duo of comedians. They work together on a lot of things. Second City trained. Um, as, you know, a lot of what we talk about is Second City folk. Canadian people. Moranis. I think there's Second City Chicago and Second City Toronto. Uh, I think this was Chicago, maybe. Chi-town. Not really clear. Yeah, Shy Shy City. They were relatively successful comedians. They're on the road, you know, road comedians. and But they're getting families, they're getting older, and they're like, we can't sustain this type of thing. Mm. And so being Second City types, they weren't like straight stand-ups. They were doing more scenes and that kind of thing. Okay. So they were like, well, maybe we could write a, a script. We do scenes. Like Makes maybe sense. we could make something more long form. And, and so they had a crack. Germ of an idea. What if you killed Santa? Would you become Santa? Which is... A logic that I would question. Which is glossed over. <laughs> which I will question. I'm sure we're getting to this. But for, let's, for argument's sake, a germ of a great idea. What if you killed Santa? You became Santa. So they wrote up that script. So that was the, that was the launch what if. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Big idea. How might we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How might we? <laughs> Kill Santa becomes Santa. <laughs> so they wrote this script and it was called Such a Clatter. That's the phrase I was looking for before. Such a Clatter. But they were thinking of it more as a bit of a spec script, like a demo, like a, hey, this is our writing ability. They weren't actually expecting this movie to get made. But. But. Um, so that was all around 89. By 1992, they were, they were working as writers on the Carol Burnett show, which um, I'm not what, familiar with. Well, anyway, that show did not work out. Anyway, their manager, Jimmy Miller. Oh, Jimmy. 
Jimmy was working with Tim Allen's managers and they came across this script on Jimmy's desk and were like, oh. you know what, <laughs> this ain't bad. We've got a real Tim Allen vehicle right before us here. Well, you, to be fair at that stage, you could have done anything and put Tim Allen in it. Well, this is interesting too. That's a good point. That's that's the third of the three oh, sorry. ingredients. No, no, we'll get to that. Do not apologize because it's very on point. I was trying to yes end. You were yes ending and you yes ended correctly because you're, you're bang on. So they sent the script to Tim Allen. <clears throat> he took <clears throat> he, he took four months to read it. Sorry, when you clear your throat in this episode, you have to go. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah. He took what? More power. Four months to read it. Is that so, normal? No. What's, what is it normally take? Well, it's a page a minute, isn't it? That's how it works. I don't know. So it should take 90 Why didn't he just minutes? do what? No, um, I think he wasn't interested. Why didn't he just do the Bill Murray thing? <laughs> yeah. Well, interesting you say that. Precasty, Bill Murray. <sighs> now, I don't know how true that is. Um, the internet is a vast land full of fake news and alternate facts. But I like <laughs> to believe that could be true. Same. I could, I mean... Uh, he never. I don't think he ever like was that close. But I can imagine as a writer, you're imagining a Bill Murray type when you're writing this. Fair enough. Yeah, like as, a grumpy. It, it would get as close as that. But yeah, he was grumpy. not interested. He was not interested. But anyway, um, he took four months to read it. And in the he meantime, Scrooged. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So in the meantime, four months is a long time. So the the script actually got optioned by a production company called Outlaw Productions. Oh yeah. And this is our second strand of this. Tapestry. Tapestry of an origin story French we got here. Braid. French braid. Real French braid. Outlaw Productions, founded in 1988 by Bobby Nuzia mm-hmm. and Jeffrey Silva. Have we come across these? Not by name, but Jeffrey Silva is an ex-Canon Films guy. And any, oh. any friends of the show know that Canon Films is a big deal to us. All of the, Most of the Van Damme movies we've done and, and many other movies. All the best All classics. the Yeah. Um, R.I.P. Cannon. R.I.P. Cannon. If only they'd made that Spider-Man movie. If only. If only they'd... Van Damme (laughs) Spider-Man. Oh, Van Damme Spider-Man. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. In French Quarter of Bronx. (laughs) They should have put it... Why have they never made a New Orleans movie with Van Damme? Have they? Um, Hard Target. Is that in New Orleans? I'm not sure. Yeah, because he... Oh, he could play Gambit in X-Men. Remember the cartoon, Monami? No, you're the wrong person to ask these questions to. I need forewarning. <laughs> Greg, I need you to watch some X-Men cartoons for me ah. so, I can, so I can make a reference yeah, later this week. Okay. Anyway, you. this small company, Outlaw Productions, run out of their house, I believe. They hit it big time with a little movie called Sex, Lies and Videotape in 1989. That was Steven Soderbergh's first movie. It won the Palm Door at Cannes. I never saw it, but I heard about it. Wow. Wow. I'd heard about it, but I, I, I'd never seen it. But they, so they suddenly became really big time. But I think, you know, money doesn't buy taste. This is true. This is true. So they made a lot of bad movies, a bunch of movies I'd never heard of. The only one I'd heard of was Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. So money may buy some taste. We haven't yeah. rewatched really that yet. We both thought we Polish Shaw wasn't that yet, though. Um, but then I worked it. I've, I've since looked up the guy in it. Oh, yeah. Is he someone? It's a face. He's an 80s guy. Yeah, okay. So they did, yeah, so they wanted a lock. They wanted a mainstream hit. They wanted to partner with a big studio and, and do something big. And so they also came across this script via CAA, agents of, of the, um, the writers we mentioned before. Uh-huh. 
And so they snapped up the script for guess how much. Now, if you remember how much. $80. (laughs) Close. (laughs) Do you remember how much Basic Instinct went for? $3 million. Yeah, this went for (laughs) $10,000. And they were pumped though because these guys, you know, they're on the road. They're making a, a grand a week. They're like. That's 10 weeks of work. All right. Fuck yeah, we'll take it. They were pumped. Uh-huh. They did request some rewrites though. And so a big part of it, up until this point, the script had no kid in it. So they added the kid, um, made it more of a family movie, yada, yada, yada. But can I introduce the third strand that would integrate itself into the French braid? You can. It is the Santa Claus. This is the story of home improvement, the story of a, 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 a love story of Tim Allen and Disney. Oh. So- Tim Allen was killing it in stand-up and um, I believe the Disney guy at the time, Jeffrey Katzenberg, was like, I want to be in the Tim Allen business. How do I get in a Tim Allen business? Let's give him a TV show. Is that the word? The words he used? No. <laughs> it's good words. I, I liked it. I like to think he might have said something like that. I, like, I support that. I want to be in the Tim Allen business. We need someone to say, I want to be in the double impact business. Yeah. I want, and I want them to write a number down on a piece of paper and slide it across the table. <laughs> Um, yes. So initial thoughts from Katzenberg included such ideas as what about a Turner and Hooch TV series or a Dead Poet Society TV series? And what? instead, they're like, well, why don't we make something a bit closer to his stand-up? And that eventually became Home Improvement. And Home Improvement eventually became the number one fucking show, man. It sure did. It was did. huge. I forgot how big it was. It was, it was big, man. He was huge. Yeah. And he's, it was pretty fucking funny. In, I loved that In doing show. this, I saw a few clips that I was like, oh, that is pretty funny. Yeah. That one thing where he gets electrocuted and uh, it's great. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get some stuff from that later. Yeah. Uh, as well. Did was, you, you want to talk about that later? Yeah, we'll get to that later. Um, There's heaps more that later. But yeah. Not to wrap it's you a, up. It's a mere touch point on a, on a, on a uh, tapestry of a journey we've, we've been on. A thread? Because what happens next is um, they're yeah. like, fuck, this show's killing it. I'm in a Tim Allen business, but I think this business could be bigger. He's right. Let's take him some some film properties. But Tim was hesitant. Um, in those days, making the, the jump from the small screen to the big screen, it's a big jump. So if you're going to do this, you want to be true. sure. You get one shot, one opportunity. It doesn't work for everyone. To seize everything you ever wanted in one moment. Drew Carey. Yeah, wait, what movie did he do? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, big call in those days. But he was like, "Fuck, this script is pretty good. I'm pretty into it." Um, but they didn't want to make a casting decision yet uh, because they wanted to get a director on board first. And so yeah, on their right. shortlist, they had Tom Selleck in there too. They wanted Tom Selleck. Oh uh, yeah. And as I mentioned before, rumored Bill Murray. These guys weren't interested though. You but could d- pretty much put anyone to yeah, a point in this role. Kinda, right? kinda, yeah. But eventually. Disney is like, I'm in the Tim Allen business. I need a Tim Allen vehicle. The script is what we need. Here's the offer. You got till tomorrow morning to accept or decline. And they accepted it. And that was for like 900 grand, which still is not huge. Who got, sorry, what got 900 grand? So Disney backing it with Outlaw Productions. Right. So Outlaw Productions to share with the writers and staff, basically the whole organization, get 900 grand. Which doesn't sound that huge, but they were ecstatic about this. This was a big deal for them. Good on is, them. I mean, I'll take nine hundred grand from Disney today. Would you not? Um, uh, well, 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 well. Yes. <laughs> so Disney's on board. Tim Allen's on board. They take this offer. 
One thing they failed to mention was Tim Allen is shooting home improvement for the next seven months. So the whole thing gets delayed a whole fucking year. Wow. Uh, wow. So they... This uh, is a dragging film. <laughs> it's dragging origin story, isn't it? Sorry. I meant, <laughs> I meant the film. Oh, okay. But also the origin story is quite long. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep going. You, this is your time. It's a tapestry. It's a tapestry. I'm into it. I just... Yeah. It could have been misconstrued and I realised that after I said it, so I laughed. You're like, oh... <laughs> What thread are we up to? <laughs> We're still in the third thread. Thread. Fred? Third thread. How many threads are there? <laughs> so many threads. Fred. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. Is your Barney the same as your Raphael? <laughs> no, because my Raphael's closer to Ray. Romano. What's the sigh? <laughs> hey, Fred. I was the sigh. Could be his uncle. <laughs> anyway. Hey, Fred. So to make the best use of time, they send out the writers to hang out with Tim Allen to get a bit more of a feel for his flavour because they want it to be his Santa Claus, not just any Santa Claus, but his Santa Claus. Let's make it a... So they wrote down, Pretty much. They're like, eh, so he's a guy, Santa says, ho, ho, ho. Tim Allen says, Red pyjamas. And so the other element of Disney being involved is like it has to be on brand, right? So even further they made changes. And this is the point where... The, uh, the old origin story of him becoming Santa Claus shifts because initially he's out there shooting Santa off his roof with a fucking shotgun. That's aggressive. Why did he shoot him? You sh- what, there's a guy on the roof, so you shoot him? It's America. But it's interesting because it makes you think, or maybe what his perception of this movie was was more of like a bad Santa type of deal at that point. Yeah. It could have been. Um, uh, But, and so basically they brought in yet another writer, Janet Brownell, to Disney Fight. She's the one that came in with that layer of seeing isn't believing, believing is seeing. What? What? That seems to be like the mantra of the movie, but I don't know that it really pays it off. Final piece of the puzzle, the director... John Pasquin. Does that sound familiar? No. Probably not. But this guy was uh, directed many episodes of Home Improvement. Home Improvement. And that's where it came about. He's actually a bit of a TV legend. He did Family Ties, Growing Pains, Roseanne. Um, insert jingles here, potentially. Um, but he also went on to direct pretty much every Tim Allen movie after that. So Jungle to Jungle... Joe Somebody. All the hits. The Santa Claus too. So he's basically the De Niro too. It's a De Niro Scorsese thing we've got on here. Um, <laughs> in every possible way. Um, I believe they're coming out with a three and a half hour Netflix movie any day now. Got a point on that later. <laughs> Actually, speaking of, apparently they put the movie into testing and it was too long. And, really? Yeah. And so Michael Eisner was the CEO of Disney at the time. He was the shit one. He was the one that basically yeah. was like before... Bob Iger came on. Yeah. And he's like, it's too long. Cut everything without Tim Allen in it. <laughs> so it makes me wonder what the actual other part was. First I was like, okay, maybe that's really smart. But then I was like, oh, wait, that's the shit CEO they had. Yeah. So maybe it was really good. Yeah. So like maybe we need to start like hashtag release the Pasquin cut to see what happens. But that's it. That's the tapestry. 
Hey. Hey. Should I play the trailer? Play the trailer. It was the night before Christmas, and children were dreaming of the presents Santa would bring. <laughs> Somebody's on the roof. But this Christmas Eve... Hey, you! The unthinkable happened. You killed him! Did not. Now, this night... If something should happen to me, put on my suit, the reindeer will know what to do. It's up to them... Let's go! ...to save the day. Together, Scott Kelvin and his son Charlie take on the biggest job in the world. And though it has its dangers, nice teeth. He thought it was just for one night. You're the new Santa. I am not Santa Claus. Ah! You put on a suit. You're the big guy. What if I don't buy into this Santa Claus thing? Then there would be millions of disappointed children around the world. He doesn't want the job. It was a dream. But it's growing on him. I've gained 45 pounds in a week. Now he's getting into the spirit. You're all alive. Keep step, believe me. I want some ballet slippers. And getting ready for the biggest night of his life. How could I have done this without you, Charlie? You can't. Walt Disney presents a timeless tale that will warm your heart. Shut up, Charlie. Lift your spirits and make you believe. You really are Santa Claus. Pretty cool, huh? Share the merriment and the magic. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Tim Allen. Santa. The Santa Claus. Well, Greg, that that movie did a bit of a job of giving a bit of a sense of what happens, but... Can you break down the plot for us? Yeah, I can. Santa Claus. It is the story of the plight of the middle-aged suburban white male in America. The downward spiral of a midlife crisis that goes too far. After losing his kid in a divorce, Scott Calvin's life starts to fall apart. He wants nothing more than to reconnect with his son. So he does the unthinkable and murders Santa Claus. He triggered a broadly unknown, potentially fake clause, excuse the pun, (laughs) whereby if you murder Santa, you get to become Santa. Flawed system. (laughs) He immediately obliges to the Santa role and spends the night giving out presents and flying into a series, onto a series of conveniently flat roofs with a sleigh towed by reindeer that look like they got their antlers from Kmart. One of which can emote. Emote? One, only one had, like, moving facial oh, features. fucking so budget. <laughs> he then spends the next 11 months going about his regular business, which we don't see much of. Then, yes. uh, over the course of a couple of weeks... It's suddenly Christmas again. It's suddenly Christmas again, and he transforms into Santa. Thank you. And it was all pretty strange. Yes. Much like The Godfather, Mm. the story of the Santa Claus is far too rich and complex to be solved in one film. Yeah. So they went on to make two more. Yeah. Forming one of the most revered trilogies in all of cinema history. Yeah. It's also a love story between a father, (laughs) his son, his ex-wife, and Judge Reinhold. I don't think people are comparing this film to The Godfather enough. Enough. Yeah. And the fact there's three of them. Yeah, and um, makeup. Yeah. Um, someone dies. Someone dies. There's family, conflict. Family. It's a movie. 
So it goes for a number of minutes. Think about the that. The rest, I mean, what else set is in, there? Set in America. Set in America. I mean, wake up, sheeple. It's the same movie. Yeah. Uh, it's the Christmas Godfather. It is. Yeah. It is. What, what were your initial thoughts with this rewatch? Uh, my initial thoughts with the rewatch were that it sucked. Yeah. I think we've had a similar experience because, uh, believe it or not, we talk between shows and this did come up over text because we both watched it in two halves, I think, right? Uh, yeah, I watched it in and two halves. And when I was first watching it, I was like, oh, this is fine. It's a bit like, a, I could imagine, it's a bit like a Jim Carrey movie, like Liar Liar kind of thing. I was like, oh, yeah, it's a bit of fun. But then when I got to the second half, that's when it all gets a bit stupid. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just – It's like, hang on, did I miss – have I yeah. missed the scene? And because I watched it – Yeah, same. I've come back to watch a different movie. I we was on board with it. the first half. I was, was like, going oh, somewhere. yeah, it's, it's, it's silly, it's, but it's a Christmas movie. But then it got too silly, too silly for this guy. Also, this is a bit of a side note, but it's important to me. Is this – the haircut that the kid has, <laughs> this is such an American thing. It's So uh, 30% out there – do, is this like a, a real haircut that American kids get? Because no one in Australia had this kind of haircut, right? I'm just trying to remember the haircut. Well, it's just that that weird American bowl the kind bowl of thing. thing yeah. yeah, but no one in Australia ever had that. I've never met anyone with that haircut. Is yeah. it a real thing, or is it just like a movie? The same way that every phone number starts with five 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 in movies. Is that just like kids' haircut? I don't know. Thing it drives me nuts. It's a shit haircut. Anyway. When we turned this on, I was like, oh, it's weird seeing Tim Allen again. Yeah. And Carol's like, oh, yeah, because he died, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I said, no. She said, oh, yeah, he's Buzz. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you often don't make the association, yeah, right? he's Buzz. He's got a great voice. Again, the, the Tim Allen, Disney want to be in the Tim Allen business. Don't they? Not bad for a felon. Um, <sighs> should we... Uh, this is an initial thought. Should we just go deep and overthink the fuck out of this movie? Yeah, there's so many things. <laughs> there's so many things of this lighthearted why Christmas did he just, children's movie. Why did he just – why did he, he kill Santa and they're just like whatever and then he put the clothes on and just started obliging? Yeah, what I think he, that's 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 the, the biggest one for me is like the premise of this movie, he killed Santa. He killed someone. Killed someone. No one – A, he's not remorseful. B, his whole – Group of employees are not mournful in any way. None. Like, not one elf bats an yeah. eyelid. They all stop when they think Santa don't believe in him. Yeah. They just, he, he just died. He's dead. He's dead. And they're like, you're the new one. Yeah. And they all just, just accept, commodity. accept him to pick up where he left off. Like, Bernard, you got to understand, this is – surely you understand. This is a lot for someone to take in. You're fundamentally changing this man's existence. Yeah. And by the logic of this movie, he, like, by the logic of this movie, the Santa that died is in all likelihood a father of some other poor kid, some yeah. other poor kid whose dad just died on Christmas Eve night. Zero, zero account of that. No one cares. There's a, there's a parallel story here. There's a fucking tragedy, and no one's talking about it. No one seems to care. And then he just takes his kid to the North Pole. Yeah, with no beanie or no gloves. Yeah, good, good point. He just takes him. Yeah. And, you and, can't do that. And also within the very premise of the movie. It's Shared a, custody. You can't just take him. <laughs> you can't go out of, the, out of the – that's true. You can't. But also – Put his life at danger. It's true. 
But um, the, it's a flawed system. If the, the, the you kill, you become system. It's, yeah. you know, they've tried this in throughout history and it doesn't work. There's a great example in Futurama. Yeah. Where um, on some planet somewhere, Fry accidentally kills the emperor and he becomes the emperor and he's like, oh, cool, I'm the emperor now. But pretty much the only way to become emperor is if you kill the emperor. It's the same system and it's flawed. Here's a little clip of that. Fry, I have to talk to you. You're in terrible danger. You see Emperor Plon here? He met his end when he was drunk by Emperor Strug. And before he could even wipe his mouth, Strug was drunk by Schwab. So? Look at all these guys. Do you have any idea what the average length of their reigns was? Uh, 80,000 years? No, one week. Damn. I knew you wouldn't have asked unless it was really high or really low. Every emperor ascended to power by assassinating the previous one. And guess who's next? Well, at least my assassin will get what's coming to him. (laughs) So it's the same system. So someday, someday Tim Allen's going to fall off a roof. Or maybe he can even get shot by a fucking shotgun. By uh, A crazed Santa want to be. Stand your ground laws and whatnot in Florida. There's a lot of people that would want to be Santa. Yeah. It's a flawed system. And it's a flawed logic too, Greg. Because yeah. the thing I don't get, it's not, and it's not just this movie, it's any movie where adults don't believe in Santa but kids do and it, it turns out Santa's real and yada, yada, yada. Because the fundamental break in logic that I can never get my head around is if Santa's actually real but parents don't believe he's real, there's got to be some kind of gap in the 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 gifts that going, are being received. You're going back the, to your seven-year-old conversation. Well, it's it's the inverse of that in a way where if I'm a parent and I don't believe in Santa, like where the fuck do you get that super soaker? Like there's there's gifts. If Santa's real, you're getting gifts that are unaccounted for and parents don't seem to even fucking notice. Maybe they have one of those things like in – have you seen Men in Black? <laughs> what, the, the, the kids make parents forget what presents they got. Yes. Maybe. It you, haven't th- you haven't thought everything through. <laughs> You're right. That's the logical answer. And sometimes the most logical answer is, is the right one. You're right. It's Every kid has a men in black thing that doesn't exist <laughs> to, to tell their maybe. parents that. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy. Well, and within this movie specifically, why didn't Judge Reinhold get his fucking penny whistle? His weenie whistle. Was it weenie whistle? My weenie whistle. Is it a penny whistle or a weenie whistle? It was a weenie whistle. What's a weenie whistle? I That was in my notes too. I don't know what a penny whistle is though either. <laughs> <laughs> penny whistle is like a weenie whistle, only bigger. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's cheaper maybe. Um, He's a real fucking weenie whistle. But this is a fundamental flaw in this type of movie where if Santa's real, then there are unexplained gifts under the tree that no parent seems to give a fuck about, which doesn't make sense. And also... With that in mind, who is this movie for? Because this movie pretty openly discusses the idea of Santa not being real. Is well, that something you want to introduce look, your kid to? I, but in this logic, you're ruining Elf. And whilst we right. can't cover Elf in this now, But podcast. Elf transcends because Elf, because that's the thing, if this movie was so funny it works as a movie for adults, fine, but it doesn't. No. This movie is squarely the humour, it's targeted at like, a, a small kid, yeah. but if that if within that movie you're discussing the extremely high likelihood that Santa's not real, is that not causing problems? 
It's got to ask. It's got to bring a few fresh questions yeah, to the Christmas tree. Exactly. You don't want that. No one wants their kid asking questions. Don't ask any questions. Yeah, exactly. So uh, there's there's a few issues there, and, but it did make me think, Greg. What and and maybe Bruce isn't quite old enough for you to have a strong point no, of view he's on this still yet. Trying to work out Santa because you just introduced the idea of him this yeah, year, this didn't year, you? Yeah. And he was like. Whoa. He's just not really that engaged by it, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know why. Oh, you just got a photo the other day. Though. How got was that? A photo. He's Did he get what was happening? Well, I've asked I asked him how his day was. And Bruce he, is three. He didn't – he's three. He didn't really address the fact that he was at Santa. And he just like, I'm just getting photo with some guy. To know. Yeah. Like, you get what Santa does? He goes, yeah, he brings presents. I'm like, okay. You know that it's like, I'm not going to question it. Yeah. 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 So it's really interesting because – I wonder in this day and age raising a kid at, at what point, like, you know, I mentioned my deep and meaningful conversation as I assume maybe an eight, seven or eight-year-old. Yeah. Surely they find out earlier than that these days with the internet. And Do you whatnot. remember how old you were? I don't specifically, no. Do I, you? Not exactly, but I remember a girl in year four didn't believe, I uh, believed in Santa and we were like, you believe in Santa? Year four, was that like seven or something maybe? Yeah, and I was dumbfounded that she actually believed. Okay, that sounds about right. So I must have found out in like year one or year two. Yeah. Maybe year two, year one. I had had older siblings as well, so. Well, it's interesting. So, well, I decided I wanted to do some research, Greg. Average age of Santa, find out? No, instead I was like, well, in the age of the internet, how has that affected kids finding out about Santa? And when I say I did some research, I guess, because that's a good point you just made, I didn't really look into that. (laughs) I did some half-assed research (laughs) and looked at Google Trends of um, the phrase, is Santa Claus real? And very interestingly, yeah. so I think uh, I can only trace back to 2004. No, 2000. I don't know, it goes back to 2000 and something, but it peaked at 2004. It only gives you indexes. So say say December 2004 was at 100. It spikes around the same time every year for obvious reasons, December. But yeah. by 2008, it was half that. It was at 50, from 100 to 50. And by 2012, it was at 14, so like a quarter of that even. So the oh. trend of people searching is Santa Claus really is going down. Oh. Does that mean that no. there's just now an assumed? Widely accepted. It's just widely accepted. It is not real. Far out. It's interesting, right? And I, I, I married this up against um the Tooth Fairy and um the Easter Bunny, and then uh, I saw the same results. So it's it's bizarre. Yeah. Well, I found the Santa survey, which apparently tries to find out an average of. Oh, now it's asking me to do – I don't want to do the Santa survey. <laughs> I just want to know what the average age is around the world and yeah. see who the dummies are. Fools. Who believes in magic. Scooby-dooby-doo-bop. Yeah, magic. Scooby, Scooby, Scooby-dooby-doo-bop. Speaking of magic, Chris Klein. Is that your recast, dude? It is now. Yeah, it's pretty good. He's a perfect shitbag for this. <laughs> Sorry, I take that back. Edit. Friend of, definite friend of the show. Kind of weirdly. Uh, acquaintance. <laughs> uh. um, oh, yeah. So the irony of um, the irony of a lot of what we're talking about, Greg, is you know, I'm questioning who's this for? Like, will kids watch this and go, wait, Santa's not real? What are you talking about? Oh, he is real? Wait, no, no. Now I question the whole thing. Wait, what? The kids in the movie themselves actually 
were still into it. So the main kid, yeah, I saw him interviewed like in modern day, and he's like, "Yeah, I felt like oh, I've got an inroad with Santa now. He's going to look after me next Christmas." So he was doing this movie thinking that Santa's still real, yeah, which is nice. interesting. Oh, and Tim Allen talks about his experience on the set of All the Elves because I don't know if you noticed, but they were played by kids, which we'll get into as well, which makes no sense. Um, that the kids actually thought he was, you know, something to do with Santa as well. Yeah. I did a movie called Santa Claus. I don't like children all that much. But they cast children to be the elves, and the children would bother me. And the director said, Tim, you, you got to stop yelling at the children. You got to take a look at the mirror. Of course, I looked at the mirror and I was Santa Claus to these children because they're not smart enough to know they're in a movie, even though there's booms and makeup and money involved. So I had to hold on to the idea that I was Santa Claus. These kids would ask me infernal questions. Like I would know, what does Santa do on his day off? Where do the elves sleep? And my favorite question was, what what do the elves eat? And so I said, reindeer. And then one of the kids said, well, that's funny. Well, what it, why do you like milk and cookies? And I said, it takes the edge off the Jack and Coke. <laughs> yeah, the kids love me. Tim Allen, ladies and gentlemen. Takes the edge off the Jack and Coke. Yeah, it's a real Michael Douglas type with his. I drink Jack Daniels. <laughs> I drink Jack Daniels neat. It's not a bad segue, actually, the the funny man that is Tim Allen. Should we talk a little bit more about him and home improvement and, and, yeah. all, the, and all that type yeah. of shit? So he was huge. huge. I honestly forgot how huge he was. And I think being in Australia, we probably didn't get the full, the full spectacle that was Tim Allen. So he's out touring. He has a huge fucking uh, stand-up show called All Men Are Pigs, which was a big inspiration for, for his life. For his life or inspired by his life, but also a huge inspiration for, for, for home improvement. I've got a little clip here that gives you a, a taste of that. Um, you can see the similarities are pretty bloody blatant. My mother said men aren't men until they get to Sears by themselves. Oh, I love Sears. There's more for your life at Sears. Sears used to be a punishment. Now I go to Sears on my terms. I go past all that Lady Kenmore jazz. <laughs> I go to the man area, crafts man. <laughs> That's my area. And evidently yours too. Yeah, I go back there. Boy, I walk in that craftsman tool department. My nipples are rock hard. <laughs> go right to that back wall, of the serious. Ooh. What's that? That's a conduit bender. Oh. What's it do? It bends conduit. Oh! I gotta have one. 238 bucks. Oh, oh, oh. I don't know what this does, but it looks good on my pegboard. Ah, ah, ah. And that's all men care about is a full pegboard. Ah. The altar to a man. Oh, oh, oh. It's a really over time. <laughs> wow. Wasn't it? But it really, I mean, you can see there's a very clear um, connection from that to what became Tim the Tall Man Taylor. It's, that's his stand-up routine. Yeah, it's basically that. Um, through the family and it's, it's Al. Through the family. And, yeah. Remember how much he just ripped on Al? Yeah. That was the pre- I think I want, I want to rewatch some of this. I really want to rewatch I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about how we're probably going to expand the premise of this podcast into TV shows and stuff because there's so much to talk about with that kind of shit. Mm. We could spend another half an hour just on... How, how, bullied. Owl. <laughs> Boy, how, how got bullied. Poor little owl. 
Man, Home Improvement was 91 to 99. For whatever reason, I thought it would have stopped in like 95 or something. Decade. Yeah, that's crazy. And they stopped. I think they wanted to push for a ninth season. The the mum, Jill or whatever. Oh, yeah. A bit of a thing for her. Is that weird? I didn't have one for her, but there's many sitcom mums that I did. <laughs> she didn't make the cut. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah she, interesting. I had a bit of a thing for her. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's a lovely lady. She got off at 25. And Alan got offered fifty. Fuck. And um, that was the end of it. They they declined that that amount. I don't know if it went back and forth, and it was a pure money thing, or whether they just had had enough of each other. And I mean, he was Buzz Lightyear. I've seen him talk about her in modern day, and he fucking loves her. So yeah. I, don't, I don't think there are any real issues there. But should we just Big for money. just for nostalgia's sake? I think it's you know about time. It. we haven't even, we've gone this far without playing the fucking theme song. Full time. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, man, also brought us Pamela Anderson. Let's it not did. forget that. Stacy. This show is important. I don't know if it. Uh, we forget this? I don't know. It brought us Al as well. <laughs> and, and Wilson. Wilson. And Wilson. So he's he did pretty fucking well for himself, you know. At one point, when this movie came out, this movie hit number one at the time, and he had a num he had a number one TV show in America. Uh-huh. He had a number one movie in America, and he had the number one book in America. All came out at the same time. So he had this book saying, "Don't stand too close to a naked man" or something. They all came out at the same time, and they were all number one. That's fucking huge. I don't know how often that's been actually accomplished. Done. Well, it's a far shot from his prison cell where he spent two years. Yeah, because he ratted out some other people. Yeah. Yeah. Why has he ever come? <laughs> I, two um, years. Seven, he got caught with 650 grams. That's 1.43 pounds to our 30% mm. of cocaine. At the airport. Straight yeah. up trafficking with a moustache. Do you have a moustache? Bit of a giveaway if you ask me. 650 grams. Huge. Because he had three to seven years was his sentence. And he got out on parole just under three. Um, but he ratted out a bunch of other people. Fuck, what happened to those other guys? Mm. What if they were funnier? What shows were we missing out on? What Santa what Christmas movies might we have gotten? Who the fuck knows? Maybe there was a Santa Claus four to be had. Probably still is, to be honest. <laughs> True. Yeah. Oh man. So that was a show, but obviously a Santa movie. Um, there was, um, it's interesting because we, I mean, we're Australia, Australia is pretty close to the U S pretty close to the UK in terms of, of big cultural things like Christmas mm-hmm. and uh-huh. Santa and visions of Santa. But apparently there was some, some, I wouldn't say controversy, but just some maybe rejection of this representation of Santa as this movie went global. Interesting. The Santa Claus is a, is a cultural icon for each country and what we learned was our cultural bias gets in our way. And I had, to, I had to face it face on in other countries. We took this to Europe and it was, people actually got angry. This is, this is not how they look at Santa Claus. And you come here and show this guy in a red suit. And in some of the other countries, particularly Spain and the Scandinavian countries, they, they weren't happy about it. My mom really liked 
the whole idea of Christmas and everything like that. So I think it was, I was probably close to junior high by the time. And I may be wrong about this. The elves are orphans that Santa Claus took off the street and took them to the North Pole. That wouldn't fly here. And one of the other countries in Europe got mad because they don't have houses that you could land on. So we forget our cultural bias. But it's interesting. So, I mean, I thought, I thought maybe I'd do a quick summary of the different, like, Santa stories. And they all kind of trace back to one from what I can tell. There's some gaps. Is it a tapestry? Maybe it's a tapestry. Let's, let's see how we go here. So there is an old wives' tale of Santa being... Coke? Yeah, red and white. But it's just not true, Greg. I know we work at advertising. We like to say this a lot. But it's just it's simply it's simply not true. It's simply not factual. So the first the big iconic red and white. Can I claim that too? Well, I think they definitely. They, I, I'll get into it in a second. But they, they probably popularized it more when I was working with Coke. One of the brand managers was like frustrated. We didn't have a good idea for Christmas, and like, how can we not have an idea for Christmas? We invented Santa. <laughs> Okay, Christmas lady. is cancelled. Get was, down off the table, lady. Was that Ebenezer Scrooge, by any chance? Maybe. Yeah, it sounds like it. Keep going. Sorry. We invented Santa for Christ's sake. See the irony of saying for Christ's sake? I thought it was clever. Anyway, um, I think, I mean, they were heavily involved in popularizing that imagery of Santa, but they certainly were not responsible for no. the red and white. So the. How dare they? One of the first iconic images of Red and White Santa was on the cover of Harper's Weekly in 1881. 1881. Coke didn't come out till 1892. Take that, liars. Your Honor. You soft drink liars. I put it it to you, Your Honor, that Coke did not start using... Put it to you. I put it to you that Coke didn't start using Santa till the 30s. I put it to you. I put it to you that they were a big part of the globalization of that imagery of Santa, for sure. But Santa actually started in 4th century based on a, a priest named St. Nicholas. Uh-huh. Saint Nick. um, Greek, Greek fella in Lycia or Turkey as it's modernly known. And I probably didn't say Lycia right. Lysa? Lycia? Move on. Alicia. Um, Christ, Christian-based fella. Became known for his generosity. And love of children. And love of children. I love all children. children. So the story is... Um, he was he was yeah a very friendly man. He came across a man with three daughters. He couldn't afford their dowries. Can you imagine? Uh, that'd be the worst. Yeah, if you can't afford a dowry, that means your your kids have to become prostitutes. It did it did then apparently <laughs> apparently then if you couldn't afford a dowry, that means you could dowry. Dowry is like when you get your marry your daughter off. You have to give the money or the oh. the dowry. Yeah, you have to give the dowry. That's what a dowry is. Uh, in some cultures, dowry is still pretty big. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, not in Korean culture. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he paid their dowries. So he, this poor guy's kids wouldn't become prostitutes. So they woke up in the morning with gold under their pillow. And in celebration of this, you're going to see it became a gift-giving kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He, he died in December. He gave the daughters to Santa. No. <laughs> He gave the daughters money so that they could have dowries, so they could get married and not become prostitutes. Oh. He died in December. It became a day of feast and a day of giving. Um, in Holland, St. Nicholas celebrated as Sinterklaas, so a bit of a translation thing. Sinterklaas. And Sinterklaas, yeah. And so when Dutch immigration to America, that became Americanized and became Santa Claus. But apparently Father Christmas is a slightly different thing again. 
it's like an English thing where it's sort of the personification of the day. I, and Basically, this is the point where I, I pulled the thread a little bit too much and I lost kind of interest. But you get the idea. <laughs> you get the idea. Because yeah. there's, there's also a Chris Kringle in there somewhere and I don't get what that is. But the moral of the story is there's many versions of Santa around the world and while many of them have converged, not all of them necessarily are ready for Tim Allen in a fat suit. Uh-huh. Oh, but you mentioned something actually a very good point that – I wanted to talk more about a bit more of the internal logic of the movie in that it's set over two Christmases, but it feels like it's set over about two weeks. Yeah. There's a whole year in between, but you don't even fucking. They just rush through it. Yeah. (sighs) Like it doesn't feel like, and maybe that's stuff that got cut actually. Look, I think this movie, did you do a a repitch for this? No, because, because I thought about it and everyone I came up with, well, not everyone I came up with. I, I, I was I was kind of going to one, and it kind of became Bad Santa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of this is like this a is a very PG Bad Santa. Yeah, yeah. Like the proto Bad Santa because yeah. this was ninety two. Was yeah. it ninety four? No, ninety two. This would be better if it was Bad Santa. <laughs> yeah, this this would be better if it was that other movie we like. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or Godfather. Yeah. Uh, Peter oh. Boyle's also in this movie. He is. Yeah. David Crumholtz is also in this movie. I'm a big fan of David Crumholtz. Apparently, David Crumholtz, whose name I did not know before 3 p.m. But he's one of those guys, right? I love he, him. The elf, his this role yeah. was um, the springboard for a lot of sexual awakenings. For who? For many a young lady. Really? He's not a handsome man. Well, he's got on, some charisma. I found it on the internet. But I found... Apparently, I, a lot of chicks like thirsted really? over the, the crumps. Friends of the show in this role. If would you let us know if this is if you experienced if you, such, a, yeah. such an awakening, and if or if your significant other did. But he's he's a really I really like that guy. Okay, and this must have been the first thing I saw him in. But I have always been waiting for him to emerge as almost a Joe Pesci type. He's popped up here and there in interesting roles. No, in numbers, TV, numbers, yeah, numbers. Sit, he was in sit, something else oh, recently. Oh, was he in um? Was he in a Scorsese movie? I don't know. He seems like he should be in a Scorsese movie, and that's not just ethnic profiling, but um, but also ethnic profiling. But it, it mainly is, yeah. Speaking of ethnic profiling, why do you make a poor Jewish kid be representative of Santa? No wonder he was so grumpy. We mentioned that before, but I just wanted to hit that again. What else? I've got nothing. Should we get into the verdict? Yes. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again. Say what again. I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Right, you, what say you, Greg? I feel like you... Is that what... Just tell me what you're thinking, damn it. I'm thinking. If only there was a way for you to communicate how you feel about this movie. <laughs> I won't watch this again. <laughs> really? Yeah. I had a simple one. I said, I'm not going to watch this again until I have a kid. I've- I won't watch this again until I have a kid. I think in the world of Christmas movies. <laughs> <laughs> you got a backing track for this bit? <laughs> in a world. No, I just think it's obviously not a good movie. But also... A lot of modern Christmas movies are but like also some, don't watch it. <laughs> but in terms of again, I'm not watching this without a kid. But if I have a kid one day, like I could imagine myself watching this and it being a nice experience. 
because a lot of movies now are very just cynical or uh, I don't know, like adult Christmas movies. There's yeah. not many modern kids' Christmas movies, are there? The Grinch. Arthur Christmas. What's Arthur Christmas? What's Arthur Christmas? Yeah. I'll just let you Google it, champ. Arthur Christmas. So maybe they're right. I just don't know because I don't have a kid. But anyway, I think it's all right. Who'd you recast these? Uh, I thought of a lot of recasties throughout, but not, nothing meaningful, but more just things like kind of how I said before that you could imagine this almost being a Jim Carrey movie, at least in the first half. Yeah, Jim. It feels like insert popular yeah. man of moment. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This is liar, liar in a roundabout way. There's other movies, but that I just thought Tim exists. Allen was good in this. Yeah, yeah. So it's not that I would recast. But we do recast to fix his. it. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not that he was the problem with it. No. Um, any other kid would be as good as that kid. That kid, like so generic bowl cut. I don't. I was trying to think about this yesterday. Like, do I just not like any kid in any movie? Because I don't think I can think of one. Home Alone. Okay, yep, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, I like I like Macaulay Culkin. Put Macaulay Culkin in this movie. Yeah. What's your problem? He can be home alone. Fucking jerks. I had uh, Filthy animals. Jermaine Clement. <sighs> That's quite good. With Brett as, as the, the Brett as the kid? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you could have Murray as the as Bernard. Oh, I was gonna have I always have Murray Present. Murray as the um the new, bloody the new, Oh, a new father-in-law. And... Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. As yeah. Judge Reinhold. Yeah, that's good. Ah, oh, taking him to the North Pole, are you? <laughs> Without a jacket. That's not very smart. He's going to get cold. <laughs> It'll be sick. <laughs> miss Christmas entirely. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm in. Oh, that'd be fun. I'm in for this movie. I love those guys yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah. They are perfect. If friends of the show, if you are particularly our American mates, if you haven't watched Flight of the Concords, yeah, do yourself a favor. And I love how well they're doing. Yeah, they've diversified. Jermaine's in a bunch of movies. He's the crab in Moana. He is shiny. What is he? I can't remember the song. The kind of sounds... hasn't always been this flash. Yeah, there you I go. was a drab little crab once. And Brit won a Oscar, didn't he? Oh, Brit, Oscar for bro. music for yeah, did. like the Muppets yeah, he, or something. The Muppets, yeah. Good for them. I love it. Greg, can we win Oscar? They're heaps more talented than can us. Can we win an Oscar for podcasting? No, we talk about people. They win do, Oscars. They do things. Yeah, that's a good point. They're talented. Oh. Can we wrap it up now? I need to Yeah. MVP is too much. I, 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 I